0: The following broadcast has been approved for elite Hornets fans. What a block by Cody Zeller. Walker down the lane, drive shoots, scores! Game
1: over! Bringing back
2: the buzz is only the beginning.
3: We will not go quietly into the night.
2: It's Hornets talk for the hardcore fan. It's Hive Talk Live.
0: Welcome in, Hornets fans. You are listening to Hive Talk Live on At The Hive. It's Hornets Talk for the Hardcore fan, and we are live in the Gittimer.com studios in Bea, beautiful Uptown Charlotte. I'm Doug Branson. And
4: I am David Walker. I am not live in the beautiful Uptown studios. I am on the phone, though. And make sure you follow us on Twitter at Hive Talk Live and visit us online at hivetalklive.com. Hey, David. Yeah.
0: What are you wearing right now? I'm just kidding. You can listen to us live every Tuesday at 6 o'clock p.m. at HiveTalkLive.com. Make sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher to listen to Hornets Talk anytime, anywhere. You know, we always point to iTunes and Stitcher, but there are all kinds of podcast apps out there, and and our feed is available on all of them thanks to the magic of the Internet. So however you listen to us, we thank you. All right, let's get into the. It's not really breaking, although we did have a little bit of a break. Uh, breaking news bit on MKG at four o'clock. The Hornets officially announcing that MKG will have surgery to repair a torn labrum. Uh, the injury happening happening in the first preseason game. MKG taking a fall. Looked like he braced, tried to brace that fall, and dislocated his shoulder, resulting in that torn labrum. The diagnosis looks like uh, out six to eight months, but there's no official word on how long he'll be out. Joining us here in studio, taking David's chair, the most comfortable chair in the studio, he's in it right now. His name is Adi Joseph. He's the NBA editor for Sporting News. Adi, welcome.
1: Hey, guys. How are you doing?
0: Well, we were doing better before we heard that news and before the injury happened, for sure. Uh, But we're glad you're here to discuss it, to break it down. Uh, you actually just came from Hornets practice where uh, M- uh, where Coach Clifford and Kimball Walker and others offered their thoughts on the injury, on the loss of MKG. What did they think?
1: Well, it's, it's definitely a complicated uh, situation for this team because of the way the roster was structured. Kid Gilchrist was maybe the most important player. I think he was the most important player on this roster. And... That, coupled with the fact that he's just such a a, a humble, down to earth, hardworking kid, and and I don't say that in the cliched way. I would not say that about every athlete, but right. But Michael, he's he's really, he almost has has a a kind of naivety t- about him that you feel so bad for him when, when bad things happen, and he was so excited for this season, and I think everyone's just kind of bummed out about about another injury for him and a season ending one at that, and. There was the players, the coaches, there was a little bit of disbelief there. Um, when When Steve Clifford had talked about it, it was before the surgery was announced. And he even seemed sort of like he didn't want to believe it was happening. He was talking about, we don't know for sure if he's going to have the surgery. And we all kind of did. And I think that reality is just setting in.
0: Yeah, I think so. There was a little bit of a talk of maybe – there was some way to avoid the surgery. and sometimes in these labrum tears, you can, if it's not severe, but then there's risk of re-injury. There's all these factors that go into it. And it's probably could have been a more severe tear than they, than they anticipated and surgery becomes necessary. and certainly it'll help you know someone's long-term career to, to shore up that shoulder. But this is a huge
4: loss, David. Yeah, it's massive, as we all know. There's no getting around it, and it's just so unfortunate. Adi hit on a lot of the the thoughts that I had, and I'm sure we all had. Just you feel horrible for for Michael K. Gilchrist first and foremost, um, and of course you feel bad for the team, just because he's such a big part of it, and was poised. You felt like after signing that you know that extension and, and being in a good place and being happy to be here and and having a good summer, and um, you know it's just horrible. I mean, from a team standpoint, though they've got some scrambling to do and um you know he was the anchor of their defense and as we've said before I mean it's kind of unique to have that come from from the small forward or from the wing position but um for him he was just so important to what they wanted to do so they just got an uphill battle and it just makes everything so much harder i mean you don't even want to talk about playoff stuff at this point cuz you just want to get them in some sort of space where they can just regroup and go forward, but I mean that was the talk of the all offseason was playoffs, and that's uh, this is a crushing blow to those hopes.
0: And and you see a lot of national guys, national writers coming out and saying that this could uh, completely eviscerate any hopes of of playoff glory for the Charlotte Hornets. I don't know if I would take it that far yet. It's certainly a huge blow, but you know, it happened early. It happened early, happened in the first yeah. preseason game. They're going to they're going to have an opportunity to figure out what they want to do with this lineup. This did not happen during the season. And they've made adjustments to their offense in the offseason to try to improve it. Because we all know the on-off stats from MKG from the past couple of years. They're much better defensively, four to seven points. Even offensively, they're, they're a few points better with MKG on the floor. But in those three years, the Hornets really didn't have anything resembling a competent offense.
1: Yeah, I think that's there's almost a challenge there because when they were adding all those offensive weapons, part of it was, we know with MKG on the court, we have a good defense. And as a result, this whole offseason, every single player except arguably Tyler Hansborough was brought in to help the offense. They let... Bismack Biombo go they they made other roster changes that are going to hurt Jeffrey Taylor as 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 not good as Jeffrey Taylor often was. He was a decent defender that they don't have anymore at the small forward position. Uh, they all of those offensive additions were made with the thought that MKG would be leading this defense. And to lose him really changes the complexion of the way say a Cody Zeller can go around about his role now, or certainly, you know, especially more than anyone, Nick Batum is the most affected player here because he probably thought leaving Portland to come here, he would no longer have to guard the best wing players on opposing teams, and he's back in that role. What? What? How does that affect his offense?
0: Right, and I mean, he's going to have to scoot over to the three. that They asked Clifford about that at practice, and Clifford responded that, Batum will, will have to play more three, certainly, than they had anticipated or or wanted him to. And, and you're right, Adi. I mean, defensively, Clifford made comments about how giving up that rim protection, whether it be Bismack, Biombo or others, they would have to compensate with MKG's ability to keep an offense in front of him almost, not single-handedly, but certainly in tandem and and, and with his abilities. So – Obviously, that's going to expose those uh, rim defense issues that you have when you put Al Jefferson on the floor. This could be a boon for Cody Zeller, though, because he is a decent – not necessarily rim protector, but a decent post-defender. So it could – I mean, there are guys that are going to have to certainly play better than they ever have before in their careers. <laughs> I mean, Clifford made note of guys having to step up and, and do more if if this team wanted to get to the playoffs – during media day, well, so that's that's even more the case now.
1: For sure, the I think the biggest uh, the biggest question is obviously who starts at shooting guard. But then the second biggest question is who takes up that mantle of defense and 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 energy. And I think one one outside candidate, a guy who is very important in this whole equation, is Marvin Williams. Sort of, he spent the whole off season kind of being the forgotten man here. Uh, people were so excited about the new big men and about Cody's development and Al losing all that weight and Marvin. Marvin probably won't play a ton of three because Clifford prefers using him at the four. But I think he's going to end up having to guard. He's gonna he's gonna be the guy who's often going to end up guarding a LeBron at least when Batum's off the court or a or a you know Paul George, Kevin Durant. He's going to have to pick up those assignments because. There's simply no way that Jeremy Lamb should ever be guarding LeBron James.
0: Wait, why? <laughs> oh, wait, hold on. This is a perfect chance for me to use it. It's LeJean Brahms. <laughs> That's what I said. That's what I said, David. Uh, well, they asked uh, Clifford about what they were going to do, what adjustments uh, they may make in the absence of MKG. And he said, The following broad- He said, There are so many different ways to go. P.J. will get a good chance. Jeremy Lamb will be there. We could play Marvin some at small forward. When asked again about Lamb being the logical person to start in this instance at the two, uh, Clifford agreed, but he also likes him as the first wing sub off the bench. And and he went on to say that once you make that adjustment and say, okay, well, Lamb was the first wing sub off the bench, but now – it, it we're making him the starter it's sort of roller coasters or or snowballs at that point and, and now every seemingly everyone except for your uh, guaranteed starters are having to change their role and that can send a team even this early before the season can send a team uh into a spiral so that's the danger
1: and how easy would this be if if pj talk uh, pj pj hairston were to be able to give them something um that's not clear right now at all. And it would be a stretch to imagine Harrison being able to play a ton of minutes. But I think, uh, you know, you, what Coach is talking about there, what, what Steve's talking about there is if you start Troy Daniels at shooting guard, hypothetically. Troy can only play one position. There's, that's clear. He can only be a shooting guard. Right. You start him at shooting guard. You give him 20 minutes at shooting guard. You have Jeremy Lamb who can kind of play both positions off the bench, and that gives you more versatility for what you do with Jeremy, even if you're playing him more minutes than Troy. So for Clifford, he wants to make sure that at all times he either has Batum or Lamb on the court. You can almost assure that. And and by starting Troy with Batum, he's giving himself a little more cushion for, for making that happen. And the decisions are tough right now because they have so few players who are small forwards. In fact, basically, Batum is the only traditional small forward on the roster.
0: And they are maybe looking for another alternative in Damian Wilkins. They They made that signing. Your thoughts on Damian Wilkins, is that an option? I mean, if they don't want to go with Lamb as the the starting two guard, if Damian Wilkins impresses, could that be an option to keep Batum at, at the two and keep Lamb on coming off the bench for scoring, keep Len coming off the bench for scoring?
1: Damian Wilkins is 35?
0: Sure. But still playing. I I mean, mean, he's still playing. He's still earning minutes in the D League. He he played a a lot of games last season for the Sixers.
1: He was impressive for the Pan-American team, uh, the U.S. team and the Team USA in the Pan-American games, which is a very strange set of international events where it's a mix of college players, D-leaguers, some old guys who've always wanted to play for Team USA, and, and Wilkins was one of them. It's like the PGA senior. Team. Yeah, sure. And uh
0: He's like Tom Watson. Yeah. <laughs>
1: and so but Tom I,
0: Watson's good at golf is what I'm right, saying.
1: Right. And maybe <laughs> maybe Damian Wilkins can, can make this roster more likely. I think you see them hold that hold open that fifteenth spot until they fall in love with a guy. And, you know, right now you can't offer ten day contracts, but once that starts, they may want to cycle through some D leaguers with that for, that 15th roster spot as a way to see who can be the guy that they trust with those minutes that they need at small forward, which, you know, it'll be interesting to see, too. This whole thing could very much affect Aaron Harrison's chance with the team.
0: I was just going to say, I mean, we talk about guys that will have to step up, Lamb, Harrison, you know, Wilkins will have an opportunity. But if you're talking about guys who this just really devastates in terms of their chances of making the team, Aaron Harrison was – without a doubt, would have been a luxury keep. And it's tough, too, for the Hornets because they don't have a D-League to assign him to, or they won't have control over him, where he goes, what role he plays within a team. So that's tough for the Hornets as well. But, yeah, I mean, Aaron Harrison, that, that's, that's tough news for him as well. But I yeah it's 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 a tough situation with MKG being out not only on the defense but also on the offense because he ignited transition opportunities and, and he could finish those transition opportunities with his speed uh with his ability uh, to get to the rim easily and to take contact and now that's that's going to be a struggle as well. I think that's where uh guys like Lynn – and Kemba and Batum as well will have to step up and and provide those transition opportunities, uh, because, you know, along with three pointers, you need those easy buckets from transition.
1: Yeah, and, and you know, let's be clear here too. It's not like. It's not like you lose MKG and suddenly you're a significantly better. I mean, Troy Daniels, without a doubt, I think is is the best shooter on this team. He may not have many other skills, but he's he's going to be – if he can get more minutes, great, that'll help your three-point shooting. Most of the other options are not going to dramatically affect your three-point shooting. So it's not this this world where the offense is going to be better without MKG. I don't think that's the case because of what what you just said, Doug. And, I mean, maybe Dave has something to add. but
0: Dave, we're having a little technical difficulties with uh, David. We're going to try to get him back on the line here in a bit.
1: So, yeah, I mean, the – the, the fact is that MKG's better on offense than a lot of people want to give him credit for. He, he's, he's got this ability to always seem to know how to finish around the rim. Mm-hmm. And he will throw up, like, he'll, he'll do a reverse that you didn't expect to see coming, or he'll, cut in, he'll make a backdoor cut that no one saw until the very last second when he suddenly, you know, like Nightcrawler from X-Men pops up out of nowhere, and the next thing you know, he's got an easy layup, and they don't have a guy like that right now. It's not like this replacement that's, that's going to be there. Unless Jeremy Lamb is really good, and we haven't seen that out of Jeremy Lamb at the NBA level, unless Jeremy Lamb is really good, we don't know that they're going to be any better on offense without MKG either.
0: Go, going back to Clifford at practice, he brought up the his analogy of Jimmy Butler stepping up for the Bulls in the absence of, of Derrick Rose is Jimmy Butler walking through that door for Charlotte is Jeremy can Jeremy Lamb pull it out of the hat. I mean that's you know who the their, drama.
1: You know who their Jimmy Butler was? It was MKG. Oh. <laughs> that's the thing is if anyone was primed for a Jimmy Butler like coming out season, it was Michael Kidd-Gilchrist, just like Butler, the defensive rock for the first 3 years of his career, ready to take on a bigger offensive role and 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 it's it's crushing in every regard to to lose this guy but with that said, you know, let's be optimistic here for a second and say they still have a, a they still have an upgraded roster compared to what they were certainly last season when MKG was hurt for those 27 games, this roster's a lot better than that roster.
0: That that's a great point and I think it, it's a counter to the apocalyptic writings that that you'll find on on MKG's injury at present is that this team, off again offensively, is much better prepared to withstand the 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 defensive blow that that they're going to take without MKG. And 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 again, but again, it will take guys like Lamb, like Len, to step up and and play better. Than they have. It's going to be a team, and Kemba Walker too. I mean, this puts the onus on Kemba now, because we all talked about how MKG was becoming this face of the franchise in the public, and Kemba was a little more reserved, and and he did most of his, you know, he he would have to do most of his talking on the court. Well, it's this is it. I mean, the the, the onus is on him now.
1: Yeah, and uh, Kemba Kemba and MKG are viewed almost universally as the the future of the franchise, the two guys that you kind of expect to have around in three years. Uh, you know, Cody Zeller. Really, this is a big chance for Cody or Frank Kaminsky to emerge as a guy who's in that mold of a guy who we want to keep around for three years, four years, you know, for for the franchise, that is. And I think that there's a whole lot of question marks on all of these guys, but question marks are not bad things. They're not periods. We don't take Marvin Williams, for instance. I love Marvin. I think Marvin has been a great player for his whole career and been very underrated because he was the number two pick. With that said, we know, everyone in the NBA knows that Marvin is who he is. He's a very good role player. He's not going to be a star. Cody Zeller is a question mark. Marvin Williams is a definitive good role player. I think... If, if, if Cody can take that amazing athleticism and quickness that they fell in love with two years ago when they drafted him and turn that into something on the court, he has not star potential, but, but, but the ability to be a, a bedrock to this team. And, and they could use that. I mean, certainly, that they need some sort of silver lining to this whole injury. And maybe Cody Zeller or Kemba Walker stepping up is that silver lining.
0: Yeah, the team is going to need a lot of bedrock at this point to recover. And, and we'll, we'll keep an eye on it. I mean, this, now this China trip, as if it already didn't have enough significance with it being part of the global games and we're going up against uh, the Clippers and Lance Stevenson and you've got Lynn and China. I mean, there's already, the storylines were already built in. And now, you know, I'm going to have to crack open three Red Bulls and, and stay up till 1.30 in the morning to watch this game live. I might, I might not set my DVR. Is what I'm saying.
1: Yeah, they're uh, they suddenly these games that don't, don't usually mean a whole lot. I mean, in in I think if if Steve Clifford had his way, the two games in China would mean a whole lot less than say the 17th and the 19th when they play the Knicks and the Bulls. Those would be the tune-up games for the season. Instead, these games in China that are kind of you know more for the NBA's outreach. That's going to be an important time to figuring out who the heck can play small forward on my roster and and they're going to it's kind of cool that th- these guys are going to get have to prove themselves against Lance Stevenson the guy who you know suddenly you you sort of you look at this roster and you go you almost almost start talking yourself into would we rather have Lance than Spencer yeah, you know, just just based on the way this this whole off season has worked, and I think the answer for most Hornets fans is no.
0: Well, at least I mean we've already <laughs> seen him struggle in Los Angeles. I think Austin Rivers is still on the floor uh, at at the, at uh, Staples Center. <laughs> Stevenson still hasn't picked him up.
1: Yeah, it's it's gonna be fun. And and then you have Paul Pierce too. Who if if Paul Pierce loves one thing, it is going against a weak shooting guard. When he gets to defend, when he gets defended by a little guy. Mm. So I'm 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 feeling for like Troy Daniels and and, and uh, Aaron Harrison and and certainly Jeremy Lamb if they have to go against Paul Pierce heavily and even in a preseason game.
0: <laughs> what, it's, it's, what's interesting to me from from a basketball perspective is that this preseason game you know normally you'd be looking at box scores for you know shooting percentages, how many points did they score, and now you really have to watch the game and see who is Clifford playing with whom. Yeah, because it's it's it is going to be about who plays well statistically and who plays well, you know, with the eyeball test. But, but it's really going to be interesting to see who Clifford decides is playing well together, and and that second game then becomes important to see who he follows up with lineup wise.
1: Yeah, and 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 you know, like we said, uh, Troy Daniels probably will get some. Uh, pro- probably of anyone. Troy gets the most additional minutes because of this injury, but he's definitely not a small forward. So it'll be interesting to see how much Jeremy Lamb is at the three versus other configurations for this lineup. Because I imagine that if if Clifford were drawing it up today, he'd probably have to strongly think, you know, 35 minutes for Batum, something like 20 minutes for – 25 minutes for uh, – Daniels and the the bulk of the rest which is a lot of minutes left for um you know 30 something minutes for Jeremy Lamb if if in an important game and and they're gonna have to figure out what whether P.J. Hairston can give them anything that's that's a bottom line thing can P.J. Hairston be an NBA player that's got to be solved this preseason
0: it's funny because P.J. has had so many chances
1: so to prove himself
0: it's so odd and I'm not even talking about the off-the-court stuff. Even if you separate that out, he's had so many chances on the court to prove that he can do this, and you just saw in the last preseason game, didn't shoot the ball well, didn't play particularly well at all. But here it is again, this opportunity presenting itself with MKG's injury for him to step up and say, you know, I can do this. I can be a small forward in the NBA. I'm strong enough, and I, and I can do uh, or I can really, it's about not doing certain things. It'll be interesting. I mean, China's going to be big for PJ. It's going to be big for a lot of guys. And then of course they, they, they come back to Charlotte to play too. So the fans will get an opportunity to see what, what has come from the, the China trip. It's going to be interesting. Are you, so are you apocalyptic about this? Do you think that this is, this may be it for the Hornets playoff? I'm putting you on the spot here. Yeah,
1: I think it's, I think it's bad. Um, I think that there could be significant ripples. I, I wanna, Do you see
0: them making a move? Is there a, there's, there's... They have a lot
1: of trade pieces. They have a lot of guys who, you know, certainly if Frank Kaminsky, were, if they were to be willing, to, and I don't think they will because Jordan loves him, but if they were willing to move Frank Kaminsky today, they could find teams that fell in love with him in the draft process. Um, Cody Zeller is probably going to need to play his way back up in stock but he could have some, some high value. Marvin, Marvin Williams, again, like the steadfast role player who can kind of play the three but is really a four these days, he fits so perfectly into that stretch four role that a lot of teams are now looking for that if they were willing to give up on him, they could probably trade him for a decent small forward. With that said, you know, you asked me if I'm apocalyptic, and I don't think the playoffs are realistic with this current roster with Michael Kidd-Gilchrist out for the season. I think that that is being said before all the other teams have their injuries. So certainly if Chris Bosh misses half a season with blood clots again, things can change. But the the realistic outlook for me is that the Hornets are potentially a little better than last year and ha- certainly have the ability to make the moves to get back to the 40-win range, which would put them in the playoffs. Right now, if they don't make a move, I don't see it just because I don't trust. I mean, we still – we're counting – you're talking about counting on Jeremy Lamb for a lot of minutes, and he didn't even earn a, a real rotation spot for his first couple years in the league. So the potential's there. There, there's there's some upside because of all the big men and, and the skill that they have, but it's hard to see this team being certainly being a factor in the playoffs that's almost impossible to see right now
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I, I believe <laughs> what lost Las, uh, Las Vegas took us took the hornets down to below 33 wins. I'm glad that was their initial projection now not as good.
1: There's also there's also one other worry that we haven't addressed here, which is Batum's a free agent after this season, and if he if he was excited to play with Kid Gilchrist, a full season of of having to take that role that he had in Portland, he may not necessarily enjoy still being in that role when he thought he was going to come here and be more of an offensive player. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd I'd be worried about that too. I think that's an X factor that's going to hang over this season. Is what is Nick Batum? What does Nick Batum think of Charlotte? If Charlotte can't win over Nick Batum, then that Vonley trade looks really bad.
0: Well, it, I mean, it looks unfortunate, for sure. And and he may be thinking the same thing that a lot of fans and now a lot of writers and I know David was talking about this as well and he he would be, is, are we ready just to finally say, I mean, I, I know I've been avoiding it, but is MKG injury prone? This particular injury seemed really unlucky. It didn't seem like some of the o- other injuries where MKG was throwing his body around the court and, and tweaked this, tweaked that, stress fractured this. This was just really unfortunate, but at the same time you go, A plus B plus C plus D equals can this guy stay on the floor? 40% of his games he's missed.
1: Cavs fans are um, kind of talking about the same thing with Kyrie Irving, uh, who's who's had the weirdest set of injuries in the NBA. I I think he's injured at least one thing on all four of his limbs. He's broken his face. He's had a back issue, I believe. You know, he, Kyrie is like had, he's like the game yeah. operation. And if you look at every one of those injuries, and if you look at Greg Oden, every one of Greg Oden's injuries until the end, they all seem like separate things. Mm. It seemed like how do you how do you break your foot on your right leg and hurt your knee on your left leg? How are those related? But there are simply people who are are injury prone. That there are simply people who do not have the the ideal rehabilitation factors or, you know, that and then there's players who just never get injured. We've never really seen LeBron get injured. For all the hits, for all the fouls, for all the times he he lands on the floor, we've never seen LeBron get injured. Um that's that's just that's a genetic factor there. That's a that's a skill almost avoiding injury. And and if if MKG doesn't have it right now, he needs to either He needs to get with a physical therapist and work on what what he can do to help that. But, yeah, injury-prone players are a real thing. And if you ignore that and you build around a guy who has proven himself to be injury-prone, you run the risk of a Derrick Rose situation.
0: Talking about all this is making me think I need a therapist, not a physical therapist. (laughs) Uh, But The thing with MKG and the thing with any dislocation that you worry about is re-injury. So you, ta- you top that on there uh, because once once something dislocates, the, the the chances of it doing it again uh, increase. Absolutely. And you just don't know how. And, and we talk six to eight months, but that's pure projection. Yeah. I mean, this could be – everyone seems to think this is season ender. Yeah. The six to eight months would put them back around April. And, again, you don't know where the Hornets are going to be. Then would they be a playoff team? that doesn't look like that but it's just tough. It's tough. But, uh, we, we thank you, Adi, for, for popping in here and and spending some time with us talking through all of this stuff. You, you, you were honest, you laid it down, laid it all out. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. Hive talk live. I did not,
1: uh, I did not mean to make it that real. (laughs) We
0: want it. No, we wanted you to give it to us straight. Well, Uh, uh,
1: thank you for having me. And, uh, you know, have a great show. I'm sure Austin will be great. And
0: well, listen, we, yeah, we've got a lot to talk about. We're going to talk about the preseason because look, as you know, as unfortunate as this is, the season goes on. The
1: season goes on, and I and the I season think... hasn't even started, so it can't go on.
0: Well, and thing, you know, <laughs> that's true. The but preseason I'm excited. goes on.
1: I'm excited, and I'll be there, and I'm sure I'll be back here. So thank you very much for having me.
0: All right, thanks, Audie. Well, we're going to have him back for sure to talk about things that are going on during the season. And we've got a lot more show. We're going to talk about the preseason. This has so- turned into a solo show. I'm the only voice you're going to hear from now on, so buckle in. Hope you like the tone of my voice. We're going to talk about Damian Wilkins real quick. So, again, the Hornets signed uh, Damian Wilkins from uh, – he played his college ball at NC State and Georgia. So, uh, North Carolina fan, North Carolina State fans may be familiar with the name. Spent a few seasons in uh, Seattle, then Oklahoma via Oklahoma City, and most recently played with the Philadelphia 76ers, and then played spent some time in the D League as well. Look, Wilkins, again, if if he were a significant factor in the NBA, then then another team would have him. So there's there's that, but he's big, he's strong, he can finish through traffic and contact, and he's athletic enough to get separation on his jump shot. It's just consistency. That's that's what it is with a lot of these guys. Can they consistently produce that? Not much talk about his defense, uh, but he does have a nice step back, nice turnaround jumper. I mean, he has uh, basketball moves. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see him. And and honestly, it was a, so we've we've got a stroke of misfortune that results in MKG being out for what looks like the season with Damian Wilkins. He got a stroke of fortune, and he wrote about it on his blog. Jo- the The process of joining the Charlotte Hornets, he said, I figure, so he's, he's here's the situation. Damien Wilkins, he's at the airport. He's got a connection flight that goes uh, from Atlanta. It connects in Charlotte. He's about to head off to to play internationally, and so he's sitting in Charlotte's airport, and Damien Wilkins writes on his blog, I figured I had enough time to grab a quick bite to eat, so I went to a cafe near the gate and ordered breakfast. When my food finally came, it was about 50 minutes until my flight was leaving. My phone rang, and it was my agent, his words. Damien, do not get on that flight, he said emphatically. I asked, so we're a go with Charlotte? He said, yes, sir. I was so excited and in disbelief that I didn't really know how to react. I don't remember eating any of the food I ordered, and I think I walked out on the bill. Well, that's okay, Damien. I think even with this non-guaranteed contract, I think you'll have a few dollars to throw to the uh, the fine staff at the uh, Charlotte Douglas Airport. But that's just a funny story. I mean, you're sitting in the airport. You're 50 minutes away. The clock is ticking. You're about to go play internationally, and you get a call from your agent, and all of a sudden you're with the Charlotte Hornets, and Damien's seemingly confident that he's going to be able to carve out a role for the Hornets. So let's talk about preseason. Again, they, they played two games in Florida – They stopped in Orlando first on October 3rd, and then on October 4th, they played the Miami Heat, uh, both games Ws for the Charlotte Hornets. So that's a positive. We're looking for positives here in the wake of the injury to MKG, and that brings us to uh, another Hornets hot topic here. I I thought they played. We got a chance to see them play in Miami thanks to Fox Sports Sun uh, giving some coverage. Again, preseason coverage. I don't want to get into a whole rant here about it, but, but I think it's disappointing that the NBA doesn't do more around the preseason. I mean, you know, NBA TV is showing old preseason games when there are current preseason games happening. It just – I know there are financial realities that that are involved here. There, there are more games in an NBA preseason to cover than there would be like in an NFL preseason. But, you know, even local coverage aside, it just seems like there there has to be some way – to get more of these preseason games on television because it drums up excitement for the NBA season. And I know Charlotte Hornets fans, they're always clamoring to Hive Talk Live. You know, why aren't these games televised? And there's never a great answer to that other than probably financial realities so the first game uh, against Orlando, the starters got some run, and of course we had the injury early to MKG, but uh, but Batum looked really good in, in his time, and 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 Kimba Walker played well in the first preseason game. Uh, but I but I want to go to the one we actually got to watch in Miami, and I thought I gave my three stars to Kimba Walker, who was four from eleven from the field for seventeen points. Tyler Hansbrough got seventeen rebounds. And and if you're Tyler Hansbrough again, you have to do one thing great. Just one to stay on this team, to carve out a role on this team. And he was physical and he made himself available, had a little trouble catching the ball. I think he mishandled a couple passes from Jeremy Lin, but he made himself available and he was physical and 17 rebounds. I mean, that makes a statement. He got 31 minutes of play. He led the team in play. So, look, if you're not doing well, you're not going to get the minutes, even in preseason. Tyler Hansborough got the minutes. So, if you're a Tyler fan, he's doing things. He's not going to start, but he's doing things that that could assure that he has maybe a little bit more of a role than expected. Again, that Miami game, uh, Batum, Spencer Hawes, Al Jefferson were all healthy scratches you know, back-to-back, they're going to rest the veteran guys. But some other promising uh, statistics from this game, uh, I thought Jeremy Lin played well, 10 points, 3 of 7, moved the ball really well, got into the lane and and made some really flashy passes that, again, a a couple of them were mishandled, did have four turnovers. But, again, I I thought he played well. And everyone got to the line, and that's going to be a key factor. 26 of 31 from the line for the Hornets. That's outstanding. And and held the Miami Heat 14 of 20. And let's say this, the Miami Heat decided to play their starters. I mean, Chris Bosh got 23. Wade got 22 minutes. Goran Dragic got 25 minutes. Just got a good look, 28 minutes. Nine points on two of nine shooting. He's still struggling to shoot, as, as was uh, our rookie, Frank Kaminsky, three from 11. 3-4-11, I should say. He did snag 11 rebounds, scored 9 points. All three of the, his makes were from beyond the arc, so that's promising if you're a Frank Kaminsky fan. Shooting the ball from beyond the arc, well, he was 3-5 of five from out there. Let's check Twitter here, by the way. We've got a lot of tweets going on now. I think uh, our, our producer, Katie, really drumming up some interest here on Twitter. Our Our fearless leader, Joshua Priemski commenting on the, the MK commenting on the MKG news. Not like he has bad knees or back problems. Injuries are unrelated, so he isn't fragile, just plays too hard. It's true. The injuries are unrelated, but at the same time, again, I just say A plus B plus C plus D, what are you left with? and when they're when they're all over the place i mean there's a foot issue there's a shoulder issue and then all of a sudden again these injuries have impacts you're never going to be injured and then return to 100% unless you're like an alien like Russell Westbrook but you don't often return to a com- completely 100% or or y- y- less risk of injury or re-injury than you did when you started so there's a concern there with MKG but back to this uh preseason Back to this preseason action, I thought, again, if you're talking about the Hornets transforming themselves, transforming this team into a modern NBA offense, then you have to like 29 three-pointers point, three attempted, 60 in the two games in Florida. You got to take them to make them, folks, and it's going, to be, it's going to have to be the offense that brings the Charlotte Hornets Uh, through this injury to MKG because defensively there will be struggles. When you get rid of your rim protection and you put it all on MKG and Batum to keep it in front, to keep the offense in front, to keep the attack in front, that initial attack, when that gets damaged, when that goes away, then the defense is going to suffer. So, the offense is going to have to step up and produce you know, more than 90, 95 points a game. It's going to have to happen from the free throw line. It's going to have to happen from the three-point line. And we're going to have to see the Hornets play at a, at a faster pace. And I thought you saw both of those things in the Orlando and the Miami Heat matchup. The Hornets playing at a much faster pace. Was the efficiency there? No. Was the shooting there? Absolutely not. Jeremy Lamb shot two of 11. P.J. Hairston shot one of seven. Again, that's where we talk about those missed opportunities. He's going to have to do a lot better than that. The shooting is going to have to be better. And you can't take much in terms of shooting. The ball movement's going to have to be a lot better. But you can't take much from these preseason games because guys are trying to go out there and find their shot they're trying to impress. So you don't want to take too much of that away from this preseason game, but We talked to we talked to Austin Peters by the way from at the Hive had some interesting things to say on the MKG injury and also his interaction with uh uh the, the fans of of Jeremy Lynn, Lynn. And Jeremy Lynn himself tweeting at the Hive. Let's take a listen to that. It's
3: just tough, man. He's He's, I, I'm trying to think of you know, players in the lead who are better guarding the perimeter on the ball than he is. There's there's probably few guys I can think of off the top of my head that are, that are better than him. Him on the defensive end and just his versatility to be able to guard um, four, four different positions, every position but the center. It's just, they're going to miss him a lot on that end. Um, and I know he isn't the most offensively gifted guy. He's worked hard a lot at it uh, throughout the course of his short career. But he's still a really smart guy, and he just plays so stinking hard every game. And it's just to pull a guy that, you know, really is the heart and soul of their team, you know, just to pull that guy out of the lineup because of, you know, this unfortunate injury is just it's just it's going to be tough to replace him. Um, I mentioned Lamb, Harrison. Um, they might try and go small sometimes. I know Brian Roberts was playing with Jeremy Lynn in the second unit as the off guard. Um, obviously we might see a little bit more of Jeremy Lin and Kim, I don't know if we saw that the first two games. I don't know if that's something that Coach Clipper's wanting to say for the regular season or um, what the deal is, but I mean, that's, you know, when a guy like that goes down, it's next man up. You know, guys like Lamb, like uh, Hairston, and you know, maybe Marvin Williams will switch back to the wing a little bit. I know he's been starting and playing a lot at the four. Um, It's just, you you gotta kind of take what you have and try and piece things together. I don't think that they have the assets uh, in hand to make a trade to go get um, maybe a wing that's available um just off the top i haven't thought about this before i'm just kind of spitballing thinking out loud i think avery bradley from the celtics might be somebody that i if i were them i would maybe try and target maybe make a call and see if he's available and for what price um because he's a really good two-way player he shoots the ball really well um one of the one of the better on-ball defenders in the league like mkg so i don't know i I don't like. I said I don't see them taking that route. Um, but man, it's just I, re- I really don't know. It's just kind of a crapshoot, you know. We're not we're not going to really be able to tell until games start getting going and see, you know, if these guys like Lamb and Harrison who have been inconsistent in the past, they're going to get their opportunities to prove themselves to see if you know they can prove themselves and if they can't, um, then I don't know what direction they're going to be able to go. They're kind of you know stuck.
0: Yeah, it's a tough situation. I, I think again, if we're trying to find some silver linings, at least it happened in the preseason. So you do have yeah. some time to adjust, you do have some time to sub some guys in, go with some different lineups, try to figure out what's working, what's not working. I mean it couldn't it could not have happened any earlier. I mean, the first preseason game, MKG going down. Uh, mm-hmm. but okay, Austin, you did mention Jeremy Lin. Uh, we can't we can't not talk about this because it was I mean, it even got to national guys when it gets to when it gets to like when these Twitter things happen. So here's what happened. So there was a little dust up with the Lynn Twitter, a couple of guys, maybe not the entire the, the entire Lynn Twitter confederacy. But do you do you have anything to say? Do you want to do you want to you have a platform here? We have a lot of fans of Lynn that listen to us, uh, that that respond to us on Twitter. You have the platform. Do you have anything to say?
3: Well, I think the first thing I want to say, um, all, first off, it's
0: funny. Oh, by the way, before before, before before you say anything, Austin, I just want to put this disclaimer out: the views of Austin Peters are, are not necessarily indicative of Hive Talk Live. All right, there. I got, <laughs> I got I got my I got my disclaimer out there. Go ahead.
3: Oh just, No, I, this is the second time that I've written something and and I've gotten a lot of uh, negative feedback from Jeremy Lynn supporters. No, I, you know, ever since Lynn kind of came on the scene several years ago, um, I'm a, I'm a huge Christian. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. He's my Lord and savior. And when I found out that Jeremy's a believer, obviously like he immediately became one of my, one of my favorite players in the league. So ever since he started playing in the league with the Knicks and with the Rockets, Lakers, and now with the Hornets, he's been one of my, one of my favorite players. Like I, something that I've, somebody that I've watched a lot and somebody that I've followed closely, you know, and so, I mean, I, I just don't, I feel like I'm the last person on earth that people should be attacking for Lin Hay, because like I said, I love the guy. I've followed him closely and I've watched a lot of his stuff.
0: There you go. Austin Peters joining us a little earlier. We talked about a lot of things. I'll I'll play some more clips for sure. Uh, um, In our Saturday sit down sessions, we're going to have a couple guys on the Saturday sit down session, including Josh, Lloyd who we have a few bites from coming up talking about fantasy basketball where some Charlotte Hornets guys will rank when it comes to picking these guys for your fantasy basketball team should you do it big Al Jefferson got some thoughts on Jeremy Lin and his fantasy prospects coming up here in just a moment but yeah I want to talk about this Lin thing again Jeremy Lin stepping in he's really in touch with his fans It, it 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 surprised me a little bit that he would get on Twitter and and tweet at the Hive and tweet some of the people that were disagreeing with some of the things that were written on at the Hive or, or not written and, and say, look, you know, we're all in this together. We're gonna have a great season, et cetera, et cetera, down the line. I think that's that's a really neat thing when a when a basketball player, when a when a professional basketball player is in touch with his fans. And you know, we'll we'll come in and and say, hey, we're all in this together. And and I think you know, at the Hive it is a, a professional writing organization, and but it also is fan driven. And I've always said that with this podcast as well, that you know we're we're here to report the facts, but we also have to bring in our own analysis. And we're also fans of the Charlotte Hornets. We don't deny any of this. But we have our own voice. We have our own analysis. And, and sometimes that analysis may not agree with your analysis. And that's okay. That's what makes this fun. That's what, if, if sports were completely cut and dry, and the facts were the facts and that was it, if all we could talk about were box score statistics, it wouldn't be any fun. We enjoy the commentary and and when we have something that doesn't jive not only with Lynn fans but fans of kimball walker there there are very big supporters of Kimball Walker, and there are big detractors of Kimball Walker. same goes for Al Jefferson and Al Fence. some people on on the at the Hive comment board are very anti-Al on offense. And that's okay. That's what makes this fun. That's what makes this fun to talk about because I can give you my analysis. I can show you my numbers and you can say, I think, and I commented on Twitter about the four turnovers that Jeremy Lin had in that last preseason game. And I think someone tweeted at me and said that two of them were on travels and that one of those travels were bogus. And I went back and watched them, and they were certainly kind of judgment calls. But it made me go back and watch it for a third, fourth time. And someone disagreed with me about some analysis I had on Frank Kaminsky's game. I said that some of his missed layups were just touch issues, and that that, those would get better. And, And someone tweeted at Hive Talk Live and said that he was, it was a strength issue that he was getting pushed off the ball, thrown off balance, and that's why the shots didn't go in. I went back and watched the tape. I didn't think that was the case. There were there were several uh, there were maybe one or two where he did take some contact and maybe when he gets stronger, he moves through that contact as opposed to away from that contact. But I thought a majority of the layups, he was able to use his quickness and his his footwork to get by a guy to the rim. And then he missed on, on you know, maybe just going up. His first layup was way too strong. And then he had a few that that were not strong enough. But again, that's what makes this fun, that we can disagree. And so I say, look, we're going to say some things that are, that are supportive of the Hornets and Lynn and Kemba and Al, and we're going to say some things. We're going to be honest when we see something that we think needs to be criticized. We're going to criticize it. And all, all we ask is that you just keep following us and you keep talking to us and you keep telling us if you think we're right or you think we're wrong, because we'll go on, on this Twitter feed here and we'll read it on air. We're not afraid to be criticized, that's for sure. And we're not afraid to have a discussion about things, as long as it's respectful. That's all we ask. And I think the, at the Hive's the same way. So that's all I'll say about that. Just it, it, It's interesting, for sure. Let's talk about fantasy because uh, the the oh well, let me first say, Hornets are heading to China for their next two preseason games, both against Lance Stevenson and the L.A. Clippers. I'm, I'm pretty sure they have some other guys on that Clippers team as well, but but I know Hornets fans will be interested to see where Lance Stevenson is, how he's doing. Hey, how you doing? Doing okay since, since you're in L.A. now? What's going on? Um, October 11th, the first one at 1.30 a.m., drink a Red Bull. And October fourteenth at eight thirty am call out of work. Watch the hornets. Why not? Spend one of those vacation days. This is a hornets talk for the hardcore fan. <laughs> I'm just kidding. don't 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 call out of work that's That's absurd. Go to your job uh we're <laughs> We're certainly not going to condone, condone playing hooky from work. Just set your DVR. If you have a DVR, set it. If you don't, ask a friend to set their DVR. If you can't do that. Then come back here for for full analysis of those two games because we certainly have our DVR set. We'll be watching. We'll be commenting. We'll do our best to to send a few tweets, if we can live. If not, maybe we'll just live tweet our DVR watch. That would be fun. Whatever you do, just follow us on Twitter and Facebook, Hive Talk Live, at Hive Talk Live on Twitter, at Hive Talk Live on Instagram, and then it's Facebook.com forward slash. Hive Talk Live. Okay, fantasy basketball. I, I I say like real life basketball right now for Hornets fans uh, is looking a little bleak without MKG. So it's nice to descend as, into some fantasy basketball talk. Hive Talk Live will be starting a fantasy basketball league. It's going to be through ESPN.com. It's going to be a roto league. And I sat down with Josh Lloyd from Red Rock Fantasy Basketball. That's Red Rock Basketball dot com to discuss Hornets, a few players. We talked about Nick Batum. We talked about Jeremy Lynn. We talked about Big Al Jefferson. I have a few clips to play for you. But if you want to hear the entire interview where we talk about fantasy basketball strategy, listen to us Saturday for our Saturday sit down. That's going to be fun. And if you want to join our league, Our ESPN.com Roto Fantasy League, email buzzbuzz at hivetalklive.com with the subject line Fantasy League. That's buzzbuzz at hivetalklive.com, Fantasy League as your subject. You can leave us a note if you'd like, but we'll email you more information when we establish that league There's only going to be 20 spots, I believe, for that ESPN League, so make sure you email us at buzzbuzz at hivetalklive.com. Right away, first 20, we'll add to the league. And we're also thinking about, now I know there's a lot of controversy around daily fantasy sports, DraftKings, FanDuel, but I like the idea of basketball and daily fantasy sports. I think it's interesting, and I want to try it. So we're going to do a free league on FanDuel. So if you want to join the free league on FanDuel, shoot us a note. BuzzBuzz at HiveTalkLive.com. Subject line, FanDuel. And we'll give you more information about that. And we'll talk about it on the show. For sure. And we'll bring Josh Lloyd of RedRockBasketball.com on to talk about the league. Because we want him involved in the league. It's going to be fun. Fantasy basketball. I'll try to draft all the Hornets. We'll see what happens. Right, I did talk to him. Uh first uh we, we got into Big Al Jefferson. Obviously, last year was a struggle to stay on the floor, but he was still a 20 and 10 guy. Where is his fantasy value? Here's what he had to say.
2: It's I think he's I think he's comfortably a top fifty guy. I say comfortably, I've got him ranked at 48, so it's not that comfortably, but it is still inside the top fifty. We know that he was a top 20 player before last season. He had a lot of problems, as you're well aware of, last year with the knee. Um, and just with his overall game, it looked like maybe he was starting to come to the downside of his career. But I think that it, at around pick 50, that's pretty good value for a, a guy that 12 months ago we were talking about as a, a top 20 fantasy player who was a, a legit 20 and 10 sort of guy. Solid percentages, nice block numbers. There is obviously a bit of risk that maybe the last season's El Jefferson is the El Jefferson we're going to get from now on there's also equal chance that he goes back to being more of that sort of forceful guy who doesn't have the injury problems with his knee and he's able to go more at at full steam ahead. So I think that he can provide significant value around that sort of fourth to fifth round area. And and a lot of, you see his numbers are, are deflated from what they were the season before The last month or so of the season, he was playing – well, he wasn't playing, but even when he was playing, he was playing really low minutes, and that was dragging his averages down. It might not be by much, but it might have been – he might have dragged his averages down by a point and a half. He might have dragged his rebounds down by a rebound a game. And when you look at the overall season, you go, well, that's maybe not that impressive, but in those limited minutes towards the end, it did did impact
0: it. That's Again, that's Josh Lloyd of Red Rock Fantasy Basketball. That's redrockbasketball.com. So Josh saying, "Look, Big Al, and, and you know we we talked about how oh the offense isn't going to really flow to Big Al as much as it has in previous years, and maybe that's still the case. Maybe they still want to find a way even without MKG to make this offense more more ball movement, more more uh, up and down the floor. But you know the we're, we're this team is going to need offense." And if Al Jefferson is 100%, and if the weight loss means anything, then maybe Al gets a few, just a few more looks. It doesn't, we, we don't have to go back to the way things used to be, but just maybe a few looks. Also, talk to him about Jeremy Lynn and his fantasy prospects because I, I'll admit, and I admitted it to Josh as well, I'm a little bit of a fantasy newbie. So I didn't know what Lin's prospects were when, when he was uh, with the Lakers or with Houston and i also asked him about what his prospects are now and by the way i should say we talked about this pre mkg
2: when he gets the minutes he puts up he puts up enough value that you have to own him in fantasy leagues he's going to score he's going to get you nice assist numbers the steals will be there some okay threes his field goal percentage can be a bit of a worry but he's he's got enough enough ability and enough enough fantasy sort of talent to to really give you value if he's getting a big enough role. Now, we don't know exactly if he's going to get that role, but he only needs 27 to 28 minutes to actually, to actually be a fantasy-relevant player.
0: All right, so now with this injury to MKG, you would think that Jeremy Lin's going to have a few more minutes here and there at shooting guard, some more spot minutes at the two. So maybe he does get to that minutes level. I mean, the Hornets will need offensive production. So he could be another guy to look at. Also, Jeremy Lamb. How much of a fantasy impact will he have now that MKG will be sidelined, most likely for the entire year, listen to a Saturday? Oh, the teaser. Oh, come on. Just tell me. Now. Listen to the Saturday sit-down. Stay tuned. Full interview Saturday with Josh Lloyd from Red Rock Fantasy Basketball. It was a good one because we not only talked about Hornets, but we also talked about fantasy basketball strategy. So if you're into it, into the fantasy basketball, you definitely want to listen to the entire interview. It's going to be a good one. It's been a fun show. It's just been me. um, I'm doing a little like Colin Cowherd, I hope. I, I I held your attention. I hope the information was good. Don't fact-check me. Don't do it. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, at Hive Talk Live, to get the latest on Showtimes and Insider Hornets info. Hive Talk Live is a production of SB Nation and at thehive.com for previews, recaps, and more on your Charlotte Hornets. Visit at thehive.com. Hive Talk Live is a production of SB Nation and at thehive.com for previews, recaps, and more on your Charlotte Hornets, visit us at, uh, at thehive.com. We're back again next Tuesday. Much more on this preseason. We'll talk about these uh, these games coming up in China, and then, of course, they return home to play the Bulls and the Knicks. We'll have previews of that. Hopefully we'll talk about the Miami Heat. I've got some stuff on tap. You know, division guys. We want to talk about those guys. So, I'm Doug for David and Social Media Katie. We thank our guest, Adi Joseph, Austin Peters, and Josh Lloyd again. Check us out Saturday, Saturday Sit Down with Josh Lloyd. More from Austin Peters. It's Hornets Talk for the Hardcore fan. Thanks for listening, folks. It's Hive Talk Live. Let's swarm, Charlotte.